It's happy hour again from Uptown New Orleans. Hello, I'm Grant Morris. Happy hour is part of the family of shows on the podcast network. It's neworleans.com. When you walk into a bar in New Orleans and you pull up a bar stool, you never know who's going to be sitting on either side of you. What you do know is no matter what they look like, what they're wearing, whether they just got out of a limousine or just got out of jail, they're going to be happy to talk to you. Because that's New Orleans and this is happy hour. A cocktail-fueled 60 minutes of random conversation with folks who have nothing in common. And we're all New Orleanians in a bar today. We're, of course, at the fabulous Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich and fine booze into a glass. They have a three-hour happy hour here every day from 4 to 7. And on the weekends, they have a fabulous brunch. So come on down, hang out with us anytime. We're usually here on Wednesdays between 4 and 5. We'll come down anytime you like and enjoy yourself. I thought the show went pretty well today, didn't you, Andrew? That was great. Yeah. So thanks, everyone, for coming along. Gwen Tompkins is here, the fabulous Gwen Tompkins from WWNO. Host of Music Inside Out. It's almost embarrassing for us to have Gwen on the show, I think, Andrew. Oh, but, Lord, no. but we're going to try and just forget that and just soldier on. John Ritchie, the fabulous movie maker, is here. He's been on our show before. Yeah, how's it going? He's obsessed with guns. Oh, oh good. Yeah, it's freaking me out because there's a red light keeps flashing on your face. I think oh, someone's going to shoot you. Yeah, no. Oh, no. But what is that? Is that Catherine? <laughs> I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's Catherine, our photographer, yeah. Catherine King. Does blood wash out? <laughs> <laughs> Blood I wouldn't know. Uh, <laughs> and I, I might want to change seats. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, Dang. I guess that, right. that would be ironic if somebody shot you here at Wayfair and you're the Man, making really, a movie about a gun quick, control. Uh, dark turn, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that would probably be good publicity for the movie, though. Um, maybe. Yeah, not so good for me, but for the movie. Well, yeah. if you only got wounded, there was if like only got wounded. Great, like a flesh wound. Yeah. Yeah. Just a flesh wound, exactly. <laughs> Rich Collins is here as well. Rich is one of New Orleans' only Emmy winners. Whoa. New Orleanians. Wow. Who was the original member of the Imagination Movers that won an Emmy. Yes, sir. That's true. Exactly. Come it's on true. In. I'm sorry. That's true. <laughs> now and I'm lazy on the mic. <laughs> Thank you. I know you're not used to performing. It dumb leading this far forward for some reason. We can move your seat, you know. You can, create a, you can pull your chair in like a normal human being if you've got a problem with moving. My mic stand's not as cool as the other, like... What's Chris wrong is with that one? Is it? Looks more like rock and roll. Mine's Chris Lee is yeah. here as well. Fabulous Chris Lee who's been I on the show. I brought my own mic stand. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what I'm last time, He's got a scarf you, on it and stuff. Chris, last time you were here, you were going to change the world by coming up with a new energy source based on waves in the ocean. I was just selling that for my dad, but yeah. It, Did that work out? I didn't see has, it. hasn't sold it yet. Nothing. No. He still hasn't. So $1.2 billion price tag. It's $1.2 billion. It's a, yeah, it's a, high, it's a high barrier to entry. There aren't many. No, Anchorage, Alaska. Ah. <laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's 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 no longer in my hands. That's, that's oh, you're out of the business of saving well, the world. Well, you know, I, he asked me to come in and and help him out. Uh, he he had a conference in New York. He couldn't attend it, so he asked me to come in and help him do that. And that's right when I right after I had done that, I came on your show. Okay, yeah. Well, that's why you're. I met like everybody from every bank, the Goldman Sachs. Yeah. To, Citibank, all these people. What was your pitch? What's the what's the best pitch? Do, do you want to go hear the whole? I mean, I'll give you the, the quick, quick, very quick one. Is it's tidal energy, the, oh, the nice. force of the tides, which oh. are forever and reliable and never go away. Yeah. And Anchorage, which is has huge tides, and uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a big idea. It's right. a definitely a big idea. Well, it sounds great. Is that one of those things where like the existing infrastructure resists change because it would threaten their profits? Uh, I think it's more the... the it's good. simply... <laughs> it's simply they like a rock star out to sell it. That might have something Well, to you know, I, I think it's more like the, the environmental hurdles were, were, the, were the biggest ones. So we oh. needed, you needed a bunch of money to do all these studies. Okay. And that's upfront money that goes down the toilet if you don't get approved. 
So right. that's the hurdle, right that's there. That's why you need mm. an investor. You Andrew Duhon is here, of course, my co-host. He's Andrew, our investor. What a segue. Up? Yeah. <laughs> 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 so wait, like, how much, bro? How much you say you needed? <laughs> Did you win the lottery 1. 2. or not? Just one point two. One point two billion. Look, man, I can put in some weed. We can just <laughs> sell that shit. <laughs> I got some guitars. Maybe <laughs> we could barter. I don't know. You wouldn't need the whole one point two up front, though. Surely someone could cough up like half mm. a million or something and own it. Uh, maybe or some Bitcoin shit. I don't Bitcoin. know. <laughs> Bitcoin. Bitcoin. that's a good idea. Not bad. Isn't it? Not bad. What happened to Bitcoin? What about the 1.1 million in Xanax that were bought and sold with Bitcoin? Did you guys read about that? No. I did no. not read about yeah. that. Yeah. Who yeah. received the Xanax? It's, it was on the North Shore. It was here. Somebody got oh, yeah, really? oh, the Xanax yeah, yeah. bust. Oh. That was a Bitcoin bust. And, and that was Bitcoin is what led them to these guys, I think. Mm. Some, something like they that. They bought a billion dollars worth of Xanax. No, a million. A yeah, million dollars worth of Xanax. I thought the idea of Bitcoin was that you wouldn't get led to. Yeah. I, th- I thought so too. Huh. So the fact that it's in the news means Andrew looks maybe nervous. not so reliable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what the thing with Bitcoin is. Why does I'm the person here. who invented Bitcoin not want to be known? John, do you know anything about that? Um, um I, I really don't, but I imagine I, I have no up. idea. I have no idea why they wouldn't. Well, I don't either. Do you know, yeah. Gwen? What, I don't why, know. Why, why, why is it supposed to be? Why would the person who made mood rings want to be known? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> per- perfect answer, by the way. Pet okay. Uh huh. I think there's money in all those things, but I didn't know Bitcoin is not illegal, is it? They're talking about using it like for American Express and the stock exchange. It's true. So why why is it a secret? I mean, I think there's a lot of talk, and there's a lot of talk about a lot of things that never actually happen. And, um, you know, Bitcoin, it it captures the imagination because it's a mysterious currency, and we all know about mysterious currencies. I have a few in my pocket right now. What do you got on you? I'm not saying. How much do you carry around? What sort of cash you got on you right now? Cash? Yeah. I don't know, maybe 45 cents? 45 cents? Yeah. What do you pay with? The debit card? <laughs> yes, I do. See, I was reading this bio about you. I mean, I've heard you on the radio since you've got back. Mm-hmm. And then before that, you used to be reporting for NPR from Africa. Yeah, that's true. I used to carry huge amounts of money, to be honest with you, when really? I was in Africa. Yeah, you did? Be- yeah, because, uh, first of all, you know, there are very few ATM machines in Congo or in, you know, Sudan. So I used to... Um, okay. Well, I didn't know that about Sudan. <laughs> traveling to those, uh, to those places. Well, Sudan, you know, was under U.S. sanctions. I mean, it, it still is. So, hence, no banking, hence, no ATM machines, right? I bet nobody here knew that. Did you know that <laughs> Sudan was not No, no one no. knows what you're talking right. about. i got to take you're you all the Sudan. Wrong all right? Where exactly is Sudan, exactly? Sudan is, um, is just north of, um, of uh, Kenya, actually. Um, northwest of Kenya. And Where Obama's it, from? Indeed. Yeah, In yeah, fact, yeah, yeah, yeah. northwest of where Obama's people are from. <laughs> the Luo people come from western Kenya, right by uh, Lake Victoria. So, so the thing is, I used to have to um, go to the bank before heading to these countries, and I would carry tens of thousands of dollars in my bag. Of your own money or NPR's money? NPR's money, of course. So NPR would let you go and draw out tens of thousands tens of dollars? Tens of thousands of dollars. So it's a pretty wealthy operation, this NPR, because well, how know, much do they care about Sudan, really, the NPR? Well, you'd, you'd be surprised. I am. We all need to care about Sudan, actually. Well, the people Why? in NPR probably know more about Sudan than anybody at this table, you know? Oh, I'd hope yeah. they would have seen they're, they're giving you tens of thousands of dollars. So you'd, how no, much is it really legal to care. stick in your pocket when you get on a plane to go to Africa? It depends on the country that you're going to. Well, here you, you know, can't bring more than $10,000 worth of cash. It but, says on the form when you come in the country. Well, that's what you have underwear for, you okay. know? <laughs> A little goes here, okay. a couple thousand go there, and next thing you know, you're rolling. It's wow. like drinks for everybody. What know? do you do with it when you get there so that it doesn't get stolen off you? Well, that's a good question. You try to carry as much as you can on you, and then you hide it in your room, or you hide it in your bags, yes. or that sort of thing. Yeah. What a weird gig. It's a great gig. And you were there for how say. many years? I was there for four years. Four, four years four in Four years, yeah. And before that, you were the... 
You were the producer of the weekend of the weekend show. Yeah, weekend I was edition. the editor. I edited uh, Weekend Edition Saturday with Scott Simon for ten years. That would have to be a better gig than being sent to Africa, wouldn't it? <laughs> well, how it does was, one get to be a promotion? Well, it was temperature controlled, you know. <laughs> it's inside, and it's one show a week. <laughs> so wh- when they when the guy brought you into his office and said, "We've got a promotion for you. We're going to take you <laughs> off the off the one gig a week show in Washington D.C. and send you to Sudan." What did you think about I that? I thought it was fantastic. I really lobbied for that job. You okay. know, it's a great job. It and is. I grew up in New Orleans in a neighborhood called Pontchartrain Park, and nothing ever happened in Pontchartrain Park. Like nothing ever happened. Right. So when nothing ever happens when you're growing up, you really want to grow up to be a person who deals with things that are happening. You know. Okay. Yeah. Adventure. Indeed. Did anything ever happen to you, John, when you grew up? Did anything ever happen yeah, to you? Yeah, where, where, where did you grow up at? Like, oh, well, okay, so uh, I grew up, I was born in Monroe, but I grew up in Shreveport. And, um, wow, right there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's not right. Uh, what do you, yeah, what, do you, what, do you, what would you like to know about Are you the only blonde guy from Shreveport with dreadlocks? Oh, God, probably the only one with dreadlocks, but I'm definitely not the only blonde here, blonde here guy from Shreveport. <laughs> uh, so you're from Shreveport, not Monroe, really? Well, I, was, I mean, I was born in Monroe. But, but that then, doesn't... Yeah, yeah then I, I moved right. there on my own. when I moved to Shreveport on my own when I was two, and then uh, <laughs> stayed there for like my, my formative high school years, and then I right. got out. It's okay. like a Mark Twain story. Yeah. 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 John, I have an important question for you. Yeah. Being a Shreveport uh, Tonian. kid, were, were you a Cowboys fan or a Saints fan? You know, um, growing up, like I played football, but I, I really didn't like watching football. Okay. So, Same like, as answer. far as yeah. did you play with your eyes what closed or how did that work? I know. <laughs> I totally dodged that question. Totally. <laughs> that was pretty Are nimble. You in politics. <laughs> uh, I will say this though: it's like as far as like uh, like uh, family members that did like football, like my uncle Patrick uh, was a diehard Saints fan. Okay. And, uh, uh, so I guess that kind of gives me a pass, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, okay. yeah. All right. You come from Saints people. <laughs> All right, good. Why is that halfway between Shreveport? Yes. Dallas uh, Shreveport, and Dallas, yeah. It's basically the, Dallas country. Yeah, Although no, it's, it's like it's like little Dallas. Years, yeah. yeah, it's, it's like, like an uh, exurb. Yeah, so like the way that like Beaumont is more like Louisiana than, right. than Texas, Shreveport's more like Texas yeah. than Louisiana. Okay. Like so. I think if they could vote, they would just become part of Texas. It always seems dismal to me, Shreveport, whenever I've been there. I'm going to get in trouble, but like, uh, as far as, like, what's it like living there? Is there anything to do? Like, Gwen was bored out of her mind in Pontchartrain Park, and that's in New Orleans. <laughs> you can go to Strawn's. Yeah, there's Strawn's. Mm. Strawn's, like, uh, one what's of the best that? places to get pie in the world. Pie. Um, Icebox yeah. pie. Yeah. How much pie can you eat? Uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe like you can eat like one or two pieces. Like as far as the defenses, like like Thanksgiving, I would say you could eat up to three pieces, maybe. Uh, you know, but what like, do you do with the other twenty three hours of the day? Okay, oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> we, uh, you know the what? Cowboys, there's a, right, no, exactly. you do not root for the Cowboys. Um, you, uh, you end up. I don't know. There was, uh, you know, it's it like suburbs. So you did a lot of like like what you imagine suburb kids do. You know, heroin. Um, a lot of heroin. Yeah. A lot wow. of, no, no. no uh, like, Are you, you cooking were, meth over there? or the, You know what? I imagine that there probably is a lot of meth cooked I wonder there. if Tony Sachery's goes into that. Or is that like a southern a Louisiana A spicy, like a Cajun, a Cajun, Cajun meth. meth. A Cajun meth. Like, I think considering... That would be a meth. name. That's probably yeah, a name for like a good band, right? Spice it up. Maybe, maybe slap your mama just considering the domestic violence. <laughs> uh, you know, that often comes with the drug <laughs> use, I think, you know, instead. No, Shreveport's not a bad place. I mean, it's up and coming. I think I think it's been up and coming for like becoming a little town, Shreveport. Yeah, well, not you know, it's really. not that it's got a small. Casino. It's about three hundred thousand people. Yeah, it's a big town. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So they're serious. So, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's um, but it's um. But did anything ever happen to you? 
Did you leave there looking for excitement, like when left here looking for excitement? Oh, well, you know, like... Uh, like, like join the circus? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you know, I, like I moved away like uh, for college, and then I went to North Carolina for a little bit, and then I came back to, to Louisiana, and then I moved down here and, uh, for, to finish up school. And, um, and then you stayed And here. I liked it so much, and right. I stayed, right. yeah. Despite so, the violence. Yeah, well, and, yeah. Well, let's get on to that in a minute. All hey, right. listen, let's... What are we... We've got so much music to get through. So, Rich... Richard, you have a new album. It's just I, I do. It's called really? Golden Pick. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is I listen to the whole thing right through. Is it solo? A solo album? Yes, ma'am. Sweet. When you're supposed to know, you're the expert on New Orleans music. Yeah, but I, I'm not clairvoyant. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> got to learn new I'm somewhere. I'm not doing a good enough uh, marketing job. It's just <laughs> out. Like, it uh, officially uh, was on iTunes and Spotify uh, on the 15th, which was, was that... Oh, who knows what day that was now. That's amazing. Yeah. 2000, so if you listen to the show, this is what year is it? 2016. 2016. Yeah. People listen to these shows all kind of times. Oh, gotcha. So, yeah, so, so January just came, of 2016. Just came out January Golden 2016. Pick, right. It's called Golden Pick. Mm-hmm. I listened to the whole thing right through. You did? Yes. I was very surprised. This is a step up, this album. This is a completely different thing than you've ever done before. Thank you, yes. Don't you think? Yeah, when I was pitching, I'm pitching for, like, to get jobs at festivals, uh, like I was hey, are you to, playing at Jazz Fest? Well, I'm playing with Jazz Fest with, with my other Imagination kid. Movers. Right. But, Can uh, you tell those guys to get food poisoning and you could just do <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. No, Gwen. <laughs> well, we didn't say anything about wish. dying. <laughs> oh, <okay>. <laughs> <laughs> just for a day. Oh, I thought you meant the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, no. Uh, but that, where's the Imagination Movers? Do you play on the kids? No, sir. We play. Uh, You're on the big stage, accurate stage, or the or the what? Gentilly stage. That's yeah. so wow. cool. It's been a tradition That's for wild. maybe ten years. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're, they're serious business. It's fun. Yeah. It's, a, mm-hmm. it's you know it's a big fun. I rock got show. a question. It's, yes, sir. Chris. What's it like playing with Kyle? <laughs> Who's Kyle? Uh, Chris knows Kyle. Kyle, um, Kyle Melanson, who drums with Movers almost all the time. Uh, he's just one. Uh, he's hilarious. Uh, sometimes we don't travel with him, and I miss him so much. We all do. He's like. He's the life of the party, of the of the bus, the car, the plane. Is he the Dash Rip Rock? He's also drums. Dash Rip Rock drummer, right? So with yeah. with Dash, like back in the crazy days, he'd be on stage wearing only a diaper and playing and, and going crazy. With Which us, would kind of suit you guys, seeing your audience yeah, is yeah, zero you can to re- three. Repurpose that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, he's just as funny with us. Uh, he loved the guy. He's but so the, fun. But on your solo album, though, mm-hmm. I mean, you how solo is the solo album? Uh, this one was was very solo. Uh, so I I basically spent the last two years writing song after song after song and recording a lot of them, uh, throwing away the ones that weren't up to par, and I wound up with these ten songs that I feel really good about. Uh, basically, I played everything on the record, except for I have some great uh, female vocals um, from a couple of awesome singers here in town, and then uh, a member of the band The Revivalists. Sure. Mm-hmm. A guy named uh, Ed Williams came and played some awesome pedal steel. So uh, mm. Anyway, so it's mostly me with a few uh, nice bits of seasoning. I, I would thought the whole thing sounded like it has a kind of an, forgive me if this is wrong, but a sort of an islandy vibe. Well, like uh, a Pacific or Caribbean, or is it? Uh, is it just me? No. Well, the, the first song is, is is sort of in that vein. But I, I thought I would the say whole it's, thing it's as islandy as say a Paul Simon record would be. <laughs> that, that's how I authentic it, it might be. It reminded <laughs> me of you remember when Sting put out that album "Dream of the Blue Turtles." Yes. Reminds me of that album. Yeah, well, uh, that's yeah, oh, that's I, a compliment. Yeah, I think that's, that's right. a great record. I think this is a great record you put out here. I I'm think, really, really excited about. Yeah, it. I think it's a, quite a change. You want to play us something <laughs> off of it? I will. Uh, Not the. I mean, I say it's quite a change. I don't mean the last one wasn't great either. But 
This is a whole different sound for you. Even yeah, we heard what you said. You know, my, you know, we heard what you said. We can interpret. Yeah. This is a different guitar as well. Okay, should we see if we can get you set up with a bit of? Yeah, let's see. I'll just start jamming. You figure that out. So this song is called Golden Pig. Got a ukulele with a golden pick. Gonna write a pretty little song with it. Tell my little baby that I love her so. Oh 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 oh. Got a guitar with a silver string It sound like heaven when you hear it ring Open up the gates and let them sing for you All for you, yeah Tell my little baby that I love her so Tell my little baby that I love her so now I'm pounding out a rhythm on a beat-up drum Day I'll get it covered up in platinum Platinum drum and I'm playing a rhythm for you Hey! And diamonds all over my microphone When the spotlight's hit it, gonna see it shine Say that you love me and I'm gonna give it all to you All to you, yeah Tell my little baby that I love us Whoa! Tell my little baby that I love us. Whoa. Hey. Broke the rhythm one time. You are the reason that I got the rhyme. Bring it back to you. Bring it back to you. Start committed Nate. Your eyes are twice as bright. Yeah. Bring it back to me. Bring it back to me. Got a ukulele with a golden pick Gonna write a pretty little song with it Tell my little baby that I love her so Oh, 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 yeah Tell my little baby that I love her so Tell my little baby that I love her so I'm going to pull that around. Rich Collins. Thank you. Golden Pick off the I album. I love the energy. Called Golden oh, Pick. Thanks. Gwen, what do you think? You're the New Orleans expert on uh, uh, music no. interrogation. <laughs> I'm so not an expert. No, I, I'm a reporter. I just, uh, you know, I, this is my beat. But I have to say I love it. I thought hey. the energy was really Thank lovely. Yeah. Come on, please. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like it a lot. I worked, uh, I worked hard on this collection of songs. So. I'm, what do you do I'm, now? Well, what I'm doing right now... I got so I was talking to Chris about it right before we went on the air. So like, like a lot of creative people in New Orleans, I'm doing a million different things trying to keep things going. So obviously we have movers. Yeah. We tour. So like in a few weeks, I'm going to do a show in LA and a show in New York City. We we pick like we can do some good shows and pick the best ones. Uh, movers are doing a jazz fest and uh, actually we have a thing at, at Mardi Gras coming up. But then meanwhile, I'm trying to do some gigs based on this record. And what I'm really having fun with is I'm trying to uh, get into the world of licensing. So I've actually made some good contacts recently. Uh, every so, song in this record, I feel like... Well, tell uh, us what licensing is exactly. Oh, I'm sorry. Getting, these, a, yeah, getting uh, the songs in movies? To, uh, 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 yes, uh, ads, TV, and film. Trying to get some of these songs used in a commercial 
for a television show or in a feature film. And so I, I actually had some good... Uh, do you have Do you have to do context. that yourself? You don't have an agent or something? Well, I do. That's that, that my, my sort of thing that's happened for me in the last couple of weeks is on the strength of this record, I got a few doors opened and I've made some good contacts. Uh-huh. So uh, I've, I've got a woman who's a, a pro who's placed a lot of songs for a lot of people and she's... Uh, we're... She's in my camp. I'm really excited about so that. So someone's representing you? Yeah. Well, well once I signed the papers. Okay. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? They take your record and they hawk it around. They know well, people what, who are making it. Well, this woman, moves. she's great. Uh, her name is Kathy Heller. She uh, had a ton of success writing songs herself. And then it's just um, together, more together than, I guess, a lot of other musicians. So she is also, she's the kind of person that will get uh, on a plane and go to Minneapolis and go meet with the uh, marketing people at Target and just you know, wow. be a handshake and a smile and a face. So now, she, from ad agencies to to all the major, um, you know, companies like Target or McDonald's that buy songs and use them in commercials, so that, she knows everybody. That used to be called selling out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what, what happened to that? You know what happened? Uh, uh, streaming. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. Since you can't sell any records anymore, so... It's the only way to make money. Right. It, and even yeah, that really is, is becoming squeezed. Right. You know? Is it? That's yeah, true. Yeah, because now the, the seller, I mean, the buyers are like, Oh, we know everybody this is the only way to make money, so yes. the price comes down, you know. Wow. I give you a good example. Walk into a Dollar Tree and listen to the music that they play. It's just so tough, the music that they play, because it's the kind of music that is made quickly and uh, the kind of music that says, are you going to give me a couple hundred bucks? Sure, use it all you want, you know, it's that sort <laughs> <Right>. of thing. <laughs> My brother and I, Benji, um, you know, we haven't played the Supergroup in a while, but for the last, like, five or six years of our career, like, the more than half of our money was coming from licensing. And in the last couple of years, you know, we always owned our masters. We always kept, you know, had, hadn't had B-sides and stuff. So, so now we have this little cottage industry. When someone asks us for an original song, we're like, well, what about this one? Mm-hmm. We play them stuff we've already recorded. And then we tailor these songs, nice. the vocals, to whatever the movie or oh, the wow. TV show is. Nice. Wow. So we sold the same music with different lyrics Multiple times. You're my hero. (laughs) (laughs) You sure you should have just said that? Whatever. Come get me. Oh, wait. People are listening. But that's not actually illegal if you change the lyric. We own the copyright. They're just licensing that version. But if if someone's already bought... uh, So that's right. So they license it in perpetuity or it's just for a fixed time when someone licenses something? They license it in perpetuity. But for that... Purpose. You know, so it's a one. When you say when you license something like these things you're doing, Rich, is it a one-time only fee? You just, it, it, someone yeah, gives yeah, you a hundred bucks. Or plus ways to do it. plus mechanical royalties, which is less of the thing, but you know, but you get you you get residual royalties. You get your BMI, you know, mm-hmm. when it's broadcast. So every time somebody TV plays it, you that's, get that's right. not seven cents. Direct. That's that's through another. Right. Mm-hmm. You you get a fee up front for the the license from whoever wants. Okay. So you're hoping this will. That song would be in like a Toyota commercial or a summer. It's a sort of summary I'm song. Paper towel for some reason. Paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I had in mind when I wrote it. It's paper okay. towel. Okay. Specifically. A golden pick, mm-hmm. paper towel. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking Kleenex for the golden pick. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, you don't use okay. paper towel? <laughs> it's got more, more uh, traction. Indeed it does. More tension. Some, sometimes paper towel is the right tool for the job. <laughs> but does that in some way muddy? Like no one knows what we're talking about because they couldn't see your hand gesture. Right. Uh, <laughs> muddy your identity as a musician, though? I mean, in the sense that, you know, um, 
Well, for one thing, most people tend to pigeonhole musicians, and you think that the musician only can do one kind of music, when in fact that person can do lots of different right, kinds of right. music. But at the same time, if you're if you're playing every angle, then how does the music listener know what the essence of you is, or the essence of your work is? Well, right, yeah. Do you do like, hey, uh, now here's a here's my heavy metal track? And right. I don't think I'll be doing that. I mean, I, what, it was actually nice. What, what this, um, what? First of all, what I wanted to be as a musician was supergroup. That's what I grew up listening to. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, what I want to do is just rock, and I love it. And the yeah. last time I saw you, I've seen you, him rock, right. by the way, and they rock. It's 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 insane. I'm like, wow, this is the same. These are the same guys. I saw you guys at a uh, Bonton, some like New Year's oh, yeah, Eve or something. Yeah, and yeah, you guys yeah. were throwing down. Oh, that was so fun. Yeah. When, when movers play at night, is fun. Yeah, that's uh, so fun. But um, uh, no, but so I think that the sound that comes out of me generally is pretty optimistic and cheerful, like that. Uh, which just so happens to work well in the world of uh, paper uh, towels, uh, paper towels, yes. and uh, and uh, Kia, you know, Sorrento ads. <laughs> it's just like you know, because in other words, there's a lot of songs out there that are well, baby, my baby left me, I'm so sad, or you know, you broke my heart. Mm. That doesn't is not as applicable. Uh, it's funny. I've been listening a ton right now to, to what's out there. And it's, it seems like it's either, well, I don't want to get too into it, but fortunately who I naturally am and what I sound like seems to work pretty well in that world. So that's not selling out then, Gwen, right? If you're (laughs) spreading yourself too thin. I don't think I would ever use that term, selling out, actually. Well, how would you put it? Oh, I would just say, I mean, this is, you know, this is entrepreneurism. Trying to make a living off your music. There is a danger, though, of like, um, of right, like you're just going to be like, uh, you're just like a mimic, right? I wouldn't want to do that. My wife wife had this phrase. She'd say like, we always, she was in a big band. She was in in White Zombie. zombie, She said, we always tried to sell out, just nobody was buying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Well, years ago, I remember. they got some trash license there. When I was in Washington, I was in NPR, and and, uh, we had a person on our staff who booked a guest, and then she left, the the staff member left NPR. And so one day I looked at the schedule, and I said, oh, we're we're interviewing this somebody. What's Who's this guy? And it turned out that he was the guy who did um, the heartbeat of America. <laughs> that's today's Chevrolet. That was his thing. Yeah. But that's all we knew about him when he walked into the studio. And so we didn't know, like, if he had other right, uh, interests, right. if he sang other types of songs. You know, that's, that was He's his heartbeat of America. Did you, did you, right. He was a heartbeat of America. Wow. Did you ask, like, leading questions? We trying totally to figure did. Out, like, being like, yeah. so. Right. Uh. So you enjoy <laughs> roots music, you know? And stuff so you're saying that you're NPR, a has, fan? NPR, <laughs> NPR has this shittier research department? Well, it was just bad timing. Even I have a paragraph about everybody. Know, you're, you're, you're doing pretty look, good. Look, I got a whole page like a about John. Look at this. I'm very impressed. This I is got like, two pages it's, it's about like John Ritchie. No way. Let's, yes, look really? what I've got about John. I totally want to know. John's making a movie called 91%. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you something about it. It's... Right. Uh, 91% shares the stories of those impacted by gun violence and reveals new hope for a common ground on the debate over guns in America. That is a hugely optimistic yeah. and ambitious project, I would say. Well, yeah, yeah. We, um, we started the project about two years ago, and we're almost finished with the editing uh, process, like as far as we're going to have this out in the spring. It's almost done. Yeah, it's almost done. So tell us what 91% is. 90. So Yeah, so the, the title 91% comes from a poll that was put out by Quinnipiac University shortly after the, the shooting in Newtown that showed that 91% of Americans were for background checks on all gun sales. 91% of Americans are in favor of background checks. On all, on, on all gun on sales. On all gun sales, including yeah. the... The person-to-person purchase, the, 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 what they call the gun, show, the gun show loophole, things like that. And so, what, you know, okay. so the reason that the film, we focus on that is that 
you would think that 91% of, of anything that gets a 91% approval rating is like a mandate, and yet Congress still won't pass a universal background check. And so the film kind of examines how that uh, came about and then how that um, impacts our public health and, um, and then what, what's being done about it, you know. And so, you know, recently um, Obama set up and did his executive order, which was going to beef up the ATF in order to be able to, uh, to uh, kind of enforce these background checks and to really look into people that are, are using that loophole as a way of selling guns and making a living off of it without, you know, being a federally licensed dealer or being able to do that background check. So um, the thing is that that kind of greatly uh, changed the ending of our film, and so that's what we're. I hope he didn't working. screw it up for you, did he? No, I don't think so. I Thank think that God. you know, I think that in fact, you know, a lot of people have been asking that question about whether or not this is going to you know affect the relevance of the film, and you know, to, in my opinion at least, I think is that the the NRA uh, and you know Republican backlash that's about to happen because of what, what Obama's just done. What did he actually do? It, it all he did is this: is he basically. He did what he could do from the executive branch, you know. So you know, Obama, he, uh, you know, he's the commander in chief. So therefore, like as no. far as like, oh, I knew well, that. You know, like, Even on yes, Quinn, that's uh, true. Okay, so Barack Obama that's, that's is your for president. Sure. No, um, so uh, no, so what he, you know, so he's the, the head Kenyan, of, the Kenyan guy. Yeah, the guy. <laughs> yeah, the guy from Kenya. You know, like right, you know, the, the country right by Sudan. Um, but, south, um, south of Sudan, I believe it is. Yeah, it is. South or of north. Sudan. It's in, it's very near South Sudan. It is okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I almost by very near, within right. several hundred thousand, hundred miles. But, right. Okay. So, All what right. did he? What does this executive order actually do? What it does is this: is that it? It does what 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 he can do from the from the position of president. So he can't change. Well, what is it? Well, he can't change the law. Like as far as like the, like he can't. Okay. So what is it? Well, what what has he done? Okay. I'm about, give me a second. I'm getting there. I haven't got All that right? kind of Jeez. time. Okay. So <laughs> Craig gets carried so, away. He's <laughs> All right. So what what, it, what he's done is this: is he's beefing up the ATF. He's putting more funding into the ATF. So that they can hire more agents so that they can do more they can examine like as far as uh who out of gun sellers like as far as people that, that are hiding underneath this person-to-person guns like okay so you know what a person-to-person gun seller is like if i were to sell you a gun right that's a person-to-person gun seller right you know? and that's so sort of just the american way that i can sell you whatever yeah, i want yeah right? and and i so, don't have to have the government approval to sell you this microphone or my gun right and the reason that they have that loophole or the original reason for it was so that like as far as that you could pass on firearms to family members you know mm-hmm. i mean be it whatever you think about about that doesn't matter that's the reason it was there right. and so what happens is this is that there's people that say that i'm doing that like i'm a private collector that i'm a hobbyist right. and that i'm just selling guns to friends and family but what they're doing in reality is that they're making thousands and thousands of dollars off of selling firearms without uh, to people that know that they would not pass a background so that's why it's called a, that's so why it's called that's, a loophole that's the loophole right yeah Okay. So by by um, by empowering the ATF to actually be able to look into these people and to say, okay, for instance, like if you're if you're not a federally licensed dealer, but you're but you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year selling firearms, then I know that you're do, you're doing this in a way that you're not you're not doing just person to person sales. And so that's what one of his executive actions does. The other is that it puts more money into mental health. Can so I just th- ask you a question? Question: yeah. Does it tighten up that loophole of the? Of the private sale, or does it only give the ATF more people to look into it? Well, it, it um, no. It, so that's that goes back to the whole thing. The thing is that he 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 can't do anything to close that loophole. So it doesn't change it really. It, well, what it does is this: is it takes it, it makes it to where people that are taking advantage of that loophole that they that they they kind of been put on notice and that they, they need okay. to watch themselves. But okay. the thing is that it doesn't necessarily change that law. Like you know, and so. It um, Congress is the only one that can do that, and so the only way that we can do that is by putting pressure on Congress. Okay, so, so. tell us this then: 
What actually is a background check? A background check, basically, whenever you go into, for firearms, whenever you go into a federally licensed dealer um, uh, gun shop, which would be like your Walmarts, your sports, your sporting goods stores, your, your academy sports, things like that, the, you'll, uh, you'll go in there and you'll fill out this form. And then what they'll do is this, is they call the FBI. What does the form ask you? It basically, it just asks if you're, if you're, you know, if you're a convicted felon, if you have a history of mental, uh, mental illness. They have, well, actually, they don't ask that on the form. What they do is this, they ask for your name, your age, and your uh, social security number. And so then you call the FBI. FBI runs it through a system to see whether or not you've ever been convicted of a felony or if, they, if you've ever had, like, serious mental issues or if you're ever, you know, um, old enough, like, which would be 18 for... Uh, for long guns and 21 for for uh, for uh, pistols, you know, like as far as like uh, in most states, and right. that you're also a citizen, and so um, and so the thing is that it takes typically anywhere between it can take up to three days, but it usually takes no more than 30 minutes. So it's this mild inconvenience. There's no record being kept of like what gun you bought. The only person that's keeping a record is the federally licensed gun dealer. So okay, but how effective is this, though? Well, whenever it's implemented, whenever, like, as far as, like, it's across the board, it's been proven that it, it's very effective. Like, as far as, like, back in the 90s, California did it for their entire state, and you saw gun violence go down by 50%. Um, so it does work. It does work. I, I would think that if I'm pissed off and I want to shoot you, and I go into a firearm store like Dick's Sporting Goods or something, when I fill out that form, there's no record of me being crazy. I don't have a history of mental illness. I haven't been convicted of anything, but I could yeah. still get a well, gun in 30 minutes. Yeah. So the thing is, too pissed off to wait 30 minutes, dude. Well, it's also another thing. <laughs> well, it's also another thing is that is that then obviously the thing is that you haven't had some of what what they would call clear indicators that you're somebody that's capable right. of gun violence. Mm. But so these, the people who shoot up these terrible things that you see that happen constantly. Mm-hmm. Shoot up all these kids you were talking about in Connecticut, or mm-hmm. the guy in California shot up the people at his work. Mm-hmm. Do they have histories of mental illness, or are they no, just nuts? No. So, like as far as like the deal with with uh, with the shootings, like as far as these mass shootings, and one of the things that, that people will say is that is that with mass, mass shootings, that none of these would have been um, uh, avoided with with a background check, and most of the time that is true. But the thing is, is that most shootings in the United States aren't mass shootings. Most uh-huh. shootings in the United States are what happens in your day to day, especially in places like New Orleans, right. where like uh, where the, the the reality is this: is that part of the reason why we have so many shootings in New Orleans or cities like ours is because there is an easy access to, to guns. That like if you're anybody that wants to get a gun, you can get a gun basically by by taking advantage of that loophole. And also in turn too is that if you're somebody that, that doesn't care whether or not you know, convicted felons or people with histories of violence and all that, that you don't care whether or not they're, uh, you're providing guns to people, then there's no, there's no repercussion right now. So, so that's, that's where the large part so of the would problem this, was. Would this work in New Orleans, though? These guys who are shooting each other on the street, who know each other, mm-hmm. and they're arguing about something, whatever it is, and then one guy pulls the other guy and shoots the other guy. Mm-hmm. Would this background check system stop that kind of it, You know, it would, it would greatly reduce it. It would. It would, yeah. And also, I mean, you know, one, part of the reasons I believe, and I, you know, I've been... This is my second film about about gun violence. First one was about gun violence here in New Orleans, and one of the things I absolutely believe is that uh, is that part of the reason why there's so much gun violence in New Orleans is because there's such an easy access to, to firearms. Mm. You know, we're an armed society here, and that's and that's, this is what it looks like. So, mm. you know, uh, I think it would reduce it. I, Who here you, at the table has a gun? I'm curious. I do. Juan, you have that's a gun. Mm-hmm. The one guy who's doing the documentary. Wow. I was a guy. I wouldn't have guessed that. I got a couple of bricks in my backyard. Do you have a gun, Grant? No. 
Have you ever thought about buying one? No. Never crossed your mind? No. No, ever. I have a terrible temper. I, I wouldn't oh, want a gun. Oh, wow. Okay. You know? I tried to buy a gun, but they made me wait, and I walked out. Just screw <laughs> that. Yeah. They, made, they made me like, Horrible I tried to like, uh, write my name down on something, and I was like, screw this. Rich, <laughs> Rich you have. I don't sign for nobody. I yelped them on the way out. I just, have a, I just have a bunch long. of guitars. Exactly. Have you ever thought about buying a gun? No. Never crossed your mind? No. no. Andrew, ever crossed your mind? Absolutely. Me too. Yeah, sure. Thought about it. I Somebody thought got hold, held I up on my street. I've had two yeah. people held up on my street both times. I thought, "Fuck this! I'm going to go buy right. a gun." So, the, like you know, or right. I didn't so actually get one. So there's yeah. scenario, right? There's scenario wherein, you know, that one time when I was in my room and I was sitting there and I heard something and I thought, "Oh, that's interesting." Somebody lighting a firecracker nearby. No, wait, not anywhere close to the holiday season. That's not what that was. And then one, probably, oh. 45 seconds later. So two in a fairly calculated interval. Hmm. And I thought, that's more concerning than two in succession and then nothing else. So then I started to think, you know, what if somebody broke in here? Like, what would I do? And, you know, if I had a gun, then I would think, okay, well, I know exactly what I would do. I'd grab my gun and I'd, I'd wait. But... That's such a scenario. That like what that's just not gonna it's, happen. What are the you're gonna out outdraw somebody. You know, you know what I do have? I have a recurve bow. That only happens bow. in movies. Yeah. I have a recurve bow, and it's kind of awesome. <laughs> that's, that's I have it because my buddy weirder. Miles had one, and I thought it was awesome, so I bought no. one on a whim. I'm just gonna string up that recurve bow, put an arrow in it, and I'll just stand at the door. And I'll, I'll like put an arrow through that guy if I need to. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more intimidating, you yeah. know, like, like, like psychologically, like, right? When you he know? breaks the door <laughs> and there's another door, I have a recurve bow. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't even know what that is. He's defined. Yeah. 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 Oh boy, no, I don't know. I mean, it's just it took me a long time to figure out, you know, to really get, uh, you know, chopsticks. I, I, I honestly <laughs> feel as if under pressure, <laughs> okay. and you know, gun use is usually done under pressure. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean that I would be able to, you know, I mean, to successfully, yeah. you know, um, uh, operate this weapon. Right. And, you know, I mean, and the chances of hurting somebody else or myself mm-hmm. are far too great. Yeah. So why trouble trouble in this yeah. way? You know, the you only know? reason I even considered it is because I live with one roommate in Grant. I mean, you, would you consider it if you have kids running around the house? You wouldn't even consider it, right? You know, the the data, uh, like from uh, John Hopkins University, says that a gun inside the house is is twenty times more likely to, to like to end up uh, killing somebody that lives in the house mm-hmm. than it is like an intruder yeah. or anybody else. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Say that again. So, like, yeah, if you have a gun in your house, you're twenty yeah, times 20, more that, likely that gun, to have that, someone no, no, in your the, house the, shot the, with a gun. Well, that with that specific gun, if that gun is going to shoot somebody, then it's I, I, they either said nine times or twenty times, but still, it's very. Like as far as that, that it's more likely to, to hurt somebody that lives inside the house than it is. I was curious, what is the data if you have nunchucks? Because that's what I got. <laughs> you know, it's like you're, you're up. <laughs> you're dead. I think, you know what, if you have, I'm if you pretty have, fucking deadly with them. I think that if, wow. if you have nunchucks and you have children, then you're like you're 20 times more likely, or like 100 times more likely that one kid's going to hit the other kid with the nunchucks <laughs> yeah. at some point. You know, I would say you're 100 percent likely of Mar- getting hit in the nuts. Yeah, and same thing with Mardi Gras beads too, right? <laughs> and then there will be no more children. Okay, but John, in all seriousness, you're talking to these people. This is what we've been doing for last two years mm-hmm. everyone I talk to who owns a gun says the same thing that they have it for self defense yeah and yeah. and there's tons and, t- and you must meet all these people yeah everybody's got it for self defense in certain neighborhoods mm-hmm. because everyone else has got one yeah you know and it's one of those things I was talking about this today with a friend you know like I have lots of friends here that 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 carry guns with them like as far as I can it, it's there's I mean significantly more than any other place that I've ever lived in, in my life and, you know, when you ask them, why do you – and these are people that they're, they're not committed, going out to commit crimes or anything like that. You know, these are people that are, that are just scared of the crime that's in the city, you know. Right. But they have kids, too, and, um, 
And, you know, the thing is that they'll, they're, a lot of people are not very safe with the way that they store guns here. And, you know, it just goes back to this whole idea that as far as, like, there's easy access to guns. And so, the, you know, I think at the end of the day, there's, like, when you're not very careful with guns, you know, they're going to end up being picked up by somebody that, that shouldn't use it, like a kid, you know, or that you're going to accidentally shoot somebody. You know, I mean, there's just there's lots of different reasons. You know, I, I was in my backyard recently, and my neighbor, who's a friend of mine, I mean, it's the middle of the day, you know, um, you know, saw somebody moving stuff in the, around in the backyard. And uh, we've had we've had several conversations about about his use of guns stuff like that. He has a gun out as I'm walking out of the backyard. And I, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, and he uh, he's like, well, I just saw somebody, you know, messing around with, in the garage. I thought that somebody was trying to steal stuff. You know, I'm just like protecting ourselves, our, our, like our stuff, your stuff, too. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, like, look, man, don't first of all, don't worry about me. And then secondly, like as far as like you would really even think about like as far as like um, yeah. like shooting somebody over like a, like a lawnmower or something like oh. that like what like what the hell are you doing what like what's going through your mind at this moment you know I just think that the people that um here that they they talk about they carry guns because they 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 fear that they they fear for their lives they fear for their families' lives and they want to they want to protect themselves but what they don't ever take into account is that that's just another gun that's in the, in a place that already right. has too many guns to start right. off with you yeah. know and it's just. <laughs> I'm Doesn't terrified to say anything right now. Yeah. <laughs> I've never been uh, on a documented uh, broadcast involving a topic this politicized or dangerous to touch. Because yeah. I've actually got Relevant. strong feelings, but there's no way I'm saying it on this microphone right now. Yeah. Oh, my. That's really unfortunate. You know, well, I, just, I, feel the sa- I honestly I feel the same way all the time. And, then, and, and one of my New Year's resolutions is like, I'm not going to feel that way anymore. You're I'm going to yeah. say, what, you're gonna say what you think. And I, oh, what okay. I was going to say yeah. that I really was... That I was hiding that urge. It was like, that must be a hell of a lawnmower. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Yeah. Really holding it Yeah. John, really, you're doing this all the time. Is there any hope in hell that anything's ever going to change? I think so. I mean, you're trying to change things. That's what you're doing this for, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, like, as far as, like, I'll, I'll tell you this. When I first started this documentary, um, one of the things that I thought that I needed to do was convince people that this is, was a worthwhile topic to be discussed. That that people needed to understand that there was a there, there, that there was this flaw in our in our in our background check system, you know. And then like a year later, or two years later after starting this whole thing, that's I mean, unfortunately, that's something that 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 people it's I don't need to educate people about it. It's like this is people are aware of this, you know. I think that um, that I think that it w- that it will change, and I think that it's going to like. Um, I think that that's what happens is this, is that we always feel like things aren't going to change, and then, and then all of a sudden you get movement on something, and then it will change. And I think, I mean, uh, not to pat myself on the back, but I do think that like documentaries like mine will actually <laughs> help pay. push push, the, uh, yeah. push these ideas forward. I have a good idea yeah. for, for changing the whole gun control thing. Shoot, do you think shoot. this will work? <laughs> my, this is my idea. That First of all, you have to do away with the Second Amendment completely, so that's going to be difficult. But guns have to be completely illegal, totally illegal. This is overnight. Okay? And anybody who's got a gun... There's no court case. There's no charge. Nothing. You're shot in the head with your own gun. Oh that's, you know what? I guess and that's like, it. I, I know you're kidding. That's, but the I'm not. Is, yeah, but that's my platform. Really? Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm I will, running on that. I will tell you this though. Like as far as like for better for worse, whatever it is that you believe about guns, I do think that you're talking about. Will something will will something never happen? I don't ever see the, the Second Amendment going away. Like for, for mm-hmm. better for worse. I think right, that. But, but let me ask you this. Yeah. I mean, you know, recently there's been all sorts of news about uh, or stories about Australia and how Australia has dealt with gun uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, this is a you know, I mean, the Australian mm-hmm. culture is not that far different from the American culture. The Australian culture is not that far different from the American culture. <laughs> I and so say I'm wondering, that. how did they? Um, you know, what I mean, how did they succeed? 
you know, so they had a they had a mass shooting that was pretty heinous, like similar to our to our Sandy Hook in Newtown, and they just basically um, they they said enough, and they they passed legislation that said that they were that we're going to take all the guns out of um, out of like uh, the the private sector, and they they gave it a year's time mm-hmm. in order to be able to do it. And so you're not allowed to own a gun. I, you know what? You know what? I, I'm. You know what? Like honestly, like as far as like, I'm not 100 percent sure what that law is, we but I know that what they the did. Research I'm fairly yeah. certain that you can own a rifle. You can own like, for, for hunting, hunting rifles, but like they that. take out firearms and yeah. assault rifles and things like that. So and you so could shoot a kangaroo. Yeah, and so you know what happened was this: is that if, of course there was a, there was a lot of grumble about it, but you know what? The thing is that they haven't had. They've had very few similar shootings since then. Right. And um, but you know, like I said once again. The thing is that the, the NRA uses this idea that that what like you know uh, Obama's trying to do, and as far as like people that are on the gun violence prevention movement, what they're trying to do is that to that they're trying to slowly take away that Second Amendment right. Mm. And that's why uh, I say do it overnight. Just well, the thing cancel is, cancel it. You know what the th- the thing is is that I just I honestly I think that that it that part of the reason why people are so um, they get so kind of emotional or so kind of standoffish about it is because it is a part of like the fabric of our of our history for better or for worse I'm not saying that like I just think that it's not going to be taken off the table would it make things safer obviously but but you know the thing is that with with that being said that we're not going to ever necessarily get rid of like uh, guns the thing is that what we can do is we can do a better job of regulating them and that and we can be smart about this and that's basically that's what that's what I, my phone's trying to say. Right. That, well, that yeah. was, sounds like common sense, doesn't it? Yeah. It's true, think? but the gun lobby, they constantly try to link this um, this idea of this, uh, the history of the Second Amendment to the idea of Americans who are fighting the British, you know what I mean, during mm. the American Revolution, when in fact, really, the, you know what I mean, this legislation came about in large part f- because of slave patrols. That's right. That's you right. Know, these are slave patrols, essentially, that had, you know what I mean, that, uh, you know what I mean, that demanded the right to be able to carry guns in order to, mm. you know what I mean, to pacify and to frighten the slave population. That's where the Second Amendment um, came from. Yes, in the in the in the United States. Yeah. Okay. I so this know is that. where the history is, and so you know, and so what's so fascinating is how cynical the the gun lobby has been in um, you know I mean um, um, uh, misremembering history, right. you know, and then also in in terms of arming you know arming everyone and then telling everyone that you can't afford not to have an arm because everybody else is armed. Well, that's the mentality. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like, it's, like, it's, a, it's a fairly dumb circular logic that. <laughs> Just, I mean that you know that mm. and, and the that's crazy, my least favorite argument. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Why would you do that? Then only the bad guns have. Yeah, it's like the only way to get rid of uh, guns is to out. do more guns. Like, you know, uh, it's like everyone has to drive a giant, ridiculous, stupid car. But you know, but everyone else has big cars. But there is a there is a basic truth to that though: is that you can outlaw all the drugs or all the guns or anything you want. It doesn't stop people doing it. You can out. You can have background checks right. and but, you can but, make but, heroin but, illegal, but people are still going to get. All you but under that emulate and learn from all the. Uh, civilized modern countries that have achieved this, and you know, it's like, just yeah, well, England but they don't—they don't have a Second Amendment that says that guns are enshrined in the fabric of our society, which is where the problem comes from. That's yeah. why I say just, just cut and paste, like trim just a little fat off the, the Constitution. Just take out the Second Amendment because <laughs> I mean, who needs a gun really? What do we need guns for? There's not really a logical need for it, even though it's un-American to say that. Yeah, but that's how stupid you know, the I, argument I would, has become, in my. Opinion. I would, you know, I would, I would defend as far as like hunters' rights, and I even like as far as like okay. you know, another thing too is this: is that even though I don't necessarily subscribe to the idea of using it for protection, you know, like, um, but the thing is, is that also at the same time, like as far as like, you know, if you own, you know. If you own a gun, if, like in your house, you know that you do it. You're a law-abiding citizen. There's no reason why that you've ever done anything to, to say that you shouldn't. Then I think that that's where 
um, our society draws the line. And but I'm, not, I'm, not I'm s- saying it's illegal under my system. <laughs> well, you can't have a gun, and then no one's got, then nobody's got one, and then there's no problem. Well, well, well what's the? There's no, I really don't think there's any other solution to it, except it's never going to happen because obviously the Second I, Amendment is woven so deep into the fabric of our society that it can't be pulled but out. You know what, but you know, if you look at states like Connecticut, New Jersey, New York, you know, um, you know, California, who have passed these significant kind of uh, these these precautionary like our preventative uh, laws, you have seen a great reduction in gun violence. And so the, the is thing that is, true? Yeah, For that real? is that's absolutely even though you have these now, things you see on the news these. But this dramatic. Is, this, this is Mass important. Shoot. Now, I'm completely with you guys. Uh, <laughs> just one and, little uh, thing. Well, it's just that when you try to fight this, you have to consider what the what the argument is against what you're saying, which is when you say guns go away and gun violence goes away. That's true, but the argument is, oh, but you know, the person who's frustrated is going to, you know, find another way to kill or, you know, to do harm. And you can look at the UK as a great example of why that's not true, right? Because right. the UK, you know, you read their paper and they're like, you know, uh, angry husband stabs wife like once a week, and she lives every time, right? And right. that's you know? okay, you know, well, <laughs> you know, but but it's you know that's the alternative to. I think, well, I think that everybody should just get pies instead. Like you turn in your gun, pies you get like a hundred like um, right. whipped cream pies, no, and when you're really mad, you just throw them at each okay. other. Okay, yeah. what's the yeah, shelf Haven't you heard about food? But waste? can you can, when I throw it though? Can I say <laughs> fuck you? Of course you okay. can. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and really smash it hard top. too. Yeah, yeah. You can put gross things in the pies. You can put bullets in the pies. You can shoot the pie. Chris, pick up pick up that blue guitar over there. Mr. Lee, Mr. Yes. Lee. And look at that beautiful guitar. It's, it's not really even fabulous. blue. It's like turquoise. It's like sugar guitar the color is that? It's like an old Pale Cadillac, blue. maybe. Huh? Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah, it's Can you play something yeah. sensitive behind me while I read these messages? Sure. Okay, something, you know, I don't know, jazzy you want it or rock. Or happy? Oh, um, happy. Okay. I'm not so good at happy. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> Ambivalent. Okay. Thank you very much to these people who made today's show possible. Petite Pet Care. If you're going out of town or you have a crazy schedule, the folks at Petite Pet Care will take care of your pet in his or her own home. There's nothing like a discussion about gun violence to spurs with a bit of Petite Pet Care. Don't you think? I think they're going to love this. For love and care, when you're not there, go to PetitePetCare.com. That's a pretty good protection having a dog, right? It's in fact the police it does, it it's doesn't, the best protection. Yeah, well, it, it doesn't it doesn't require ammo either, you know. No. In fact, sometimes they say just have the sign that says "Watch out for watch my out, dog." Beware and that of dog. Will deter crime. Really, I yeah. have a little dog that I don't think my dog would do shit to anybody. I think it's more likely that my dog will get shot, and then I'll be even more <laughs> be upset. Yeah. No, no. You need a picture of a big dog, irrespective of what your dog looks like. Okay. Mm. Just like on the house. <laughs> An aspirational picture. Okay. Thanks, too, to Basic Swim and Gym, where you can get a full range of fashion swimsuits, as well as workout and yoga clothes with style. Basic Swim and Gym is on Magazine Street near Jefferson Avenue. And thanks, too, to Hangover Destroyer, the only all-natural product medically proven to prevent or cure a hangover. All you have to do is go to Hangover Destroyer's website. It's hdestroyer.com and write happy hour in the coupon code, and you'll get 30% off of Hangover Destroyer. And you, too, will be able to seize the dawn. Nice. Music by Chris Lee and Rich Collins. First time we've jammed together. I like it. Nice. <laughs> can we can we segue this into a song? Seize the riff. Oh, uh, sure. 
Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, you know that that gun discussion, and and for real, it, it really does it really does bother me because I feel the same way, especially if like you're in front, you got a microphone a lot, and and you have like a, a potential audience. You're always worried. If I say something, then I'm painting myself as this thing, mm-hmm. and and it got and it's gotten in. Insanely worse mm-hmm. uh, with with the rise of the internet and where people can just anonymously fuck right. with you and right. whatever you say. People, I realize now it's like that Mickey Mouse head that used to go on the dancing lyrics, but it goes backwards. Like everything you're you're saying in your head, it's like you're going back to check it. Was that cool? Was that cool? Was that exactly. cool? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and and people, some, people someone's going to hate it. That, people yeah. misinterpret what you're saying mostly too, especially Even on social media. Whether they do or not, they're dicks. You know, yeah. like <laughs> like so that's the default. You, Action. You know what? But I've learned how to deal with trolls, and the way that you do it is you just don't fucking respond. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, they will try, they'll try to bait you, and then you know what? They leave you alone after like, like after about eight like uh, like things. If you don't respond, they'll even ask you to respond, and you just don't. <laughs> you don't. And it, that's the best lesson that's come out of this whole shit. show. I yeah, like yeah. That. I do get a lot. Of, I, well, I used to get a lot of trolls. I'll probably get more after this show. So. <laughs> but that's fine. But trolls bring it on. I, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> it can be very insulting for musicians who do share their ideas about the world. And um, I've seen audience members scream out, just sing! Like, shut mm, up and sing. Totally. Which is so disrespectful. And, and I've heard the musicians shout back, I've been singing my fucking heart out for you for two hours. Right. You know, why can't I say what I really think? Mm. You know, it, it's all of a piece. It's, a, it's, well, <laughs> it's a landmine. Mm-hmm. No matter. No matter yeah. what. So I'm going to play a song that's a fucking landmine. All, all right. right, do it. Okay. What is it? <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, my freedom isn't free Paid for with sacrifice By my fathers who believe But it's gone It's gone No one listens to the women Sell my freedom. I didn't sell my freedom. 
Weatherman says storm ain't coming. Weatherman says storm's already here. It's too late to batten down. The horses are already gone. Well, they're gone. They're gone. No one listens to the weatherman. And I will live fear, I will die. They can kill me, but that's why I sell my freedom. Do you play that song much? Huh? Do you play that song much? I played it maybe four or five times. Right. Ever? Ever? Wow. Yeah, nice. Are you scared to play that song normally? Sometimes. Oh, I'm not yeah. scared, but I Hes- think about hesitant. It. I think about it for sure. Yeah. Right. What's your worst case scenario? Uh, it's not the worst case scenario. It's just like it's that self censorship thing, which I'm not joking. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna say what I think all the time. Man, good for you. People are gonna be sick of me. <laughs> Man, Shut I, up. I hate you already. You're doing great, brother. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that you've edited or censored yourself? Well, you know, like if you're, if, you're in a, if you're in a dumb, big, loud rock band like me, the last thing people want to hear is like some political view. Right? They're gonna be like, "Shut the fuck up and rock my ass," yeah. which I fully expect, you know. And I understand that. And if I was in the crowd. Mm. You know, if, if if Brian Johnson was <laughs> saying that song, I'd probably do the same thing. <laughs> but I'm not in that band anymore. Right. So this is this is for me. Mm-hmm. So. But then you look at a band like you two, and they seem to have always been willing to say exactly what was on their minds. You know, when it comes to you know political ideas or talking about their heroes. Perhaps or, too much. Yeah, I was about to say like <laughs> some of those albums. Like, you can get long winded on some of those albums. You know, like especially if you like repeat listens. You know, you can like, oh right. god, here comes the. <laughs> Yeah, but he sleeps on a mattress made of money, and everybody, uh, you know what I mean? Everybody pretty much respects Bono and um, The Edge and all those guys, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, then there's Ted Nugent. Oh, and then God. there's Ted Nugent. I don't know what he sleeps on but or how he sleeps. <laughs> he sleeps like, he sleeps like Duhon with, like, with a bow and arrow ready, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he's not scared to say what he thinks. No, he's not. I, I've played with that guy. Right. Yeah, and it was... It was frightening. It was like a Klan rally. Oh, my word. And the best part was, he was, <laughs> at the time, this is probably 10 years ago, he was, um, he was really rail- railing on immigrants and Mexicans. <laughs> His bass player was a Mexican. Oh Jeez. Not a joke. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> really? But, but that's all like, I got a job. But that's the whole racist excuse always. Well, I, want, I don't mean him. He, he's all right. 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 I'm talking about it's the rest in of general. Us. Yeah. I guess. I guess. That's I don't a, know. I found him very distasteful. But did he shred? He did shred, you know. T- talent doesn't belie a bad bad ideas or spouting them, you yeah. know. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure the opposite would say that about me, you know. I hope they do. Look at Anita Bryant. People still liked her songs. And yet, you don't remember. Oh my God, how old am I? Um, <laughs> right, she's the moral I'm majority. I'm speaking fast. Wait, Anita Bryant? She was Anita the moral majority? 
Yes, that's right. She was. Uh, I didn't even know she was a singer. I thought she was singer. just some sort of politician. And I think she might have been a, a beauty queen as well. That wasn't the Orange Juice Lady, was it? Yeah, she was You're the Orange Juice Lady. That's right. You're thinking of somebody else. And she Who was um, very conservative in she her was, views, right, particularly right. about homosexuals. Oh, you right, know? right. I, the 80s, that was all happening. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I remember that. That's it. Yeah. In the 80s, people were down on, on gay people? No, it was people? mostly in the 70s, actually, I really? think. In the 70s and maybe the early 80s. But she was quite, you know, loud. Quite yeah. loud. Well, yeah. then there was, was. What about Tipper Gore? Remember, she was the wife of the she vice president. She sold more records than any yeah. artist ever with yeah. that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Right. 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 But the thing yeah. is, but Tipper Gore wasn't really about, um, you know, about making people feel badly about themselves. Tipper Gore was mostly about, you know what I mean? Kids. Yeah, like should your kids hear all bad words all the time? You know, and uh, you know, and so that's a little bit different from Ted Nugent, for instance, who is like hating on people, or Anita Bryant, who was hating on people. There didn't seem to be a lot of hate with Tipper Gore. Just, yeah. you know, just, you know, uh, an effort sort of to yeah, make but a lot rules of self in the industry that was i think rude it seemed pretty rooted in politics like this is going to help but the thing about Ow. but the thing about well <laughs> you know that what I mean? but the thing about that is we can't get rid of someone like her she's the first lady or whatever she's second lady or whatever she was called <laughs> second lady. you know whatever that is <laughs> my second but, lady but my guys lady. like you chris or if you want to say what you want i don't have to buy your record not that i'm you know Buy anyone's buying any records anymore but, or go to your show you know if I don't like what you're saying I, I don't have to support you so why not say what you want and see who comes well I don't know that, that logically that's true but you know you can be marginalized it's true I, I, I don't remember think, the Dixie Chicks thank you I mean, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty easy to get um, I don't know I, I, what my point is it, whether or not that's true which I think you're right it results in self-censorship which yeah is, which but is, I think there's a big difference yeah. between the Dixie Chicks saying I hate Bush or whatever they said to yeah. you writing a song with a political point of view, which is a slightly different and more clever observation. I, you know. I, I just, you know, I feel it's, it's, all, it's all an element of this fear that we have to debate anymore, to, to fear the opposite opinions so much, because maybe we don't understand our own opinions. Everybody's so entrenched, and, uh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, it's so it's entrenched. Like simple, you want to destroy the, the other side because you don't understand your own side. And, and you... Uh, you just yeah, you just end up in fear of a of a differing opinion. This dissent, well, but you know? also you know it's possible that you're wrong. Yeah, right. The well, the, the fear you know, you of being wrong. You don't have to hold right. on to your own opinion that vehemently. Right. Everybody wants to hold on to their own opinion like it's right. Mm. Right, but at the same time, it's funny that we spend so much time t- today talking about the Second Amendment and not much time talking about the First Amendment. True. Yeah. <laughs> what, know, what's the just, first one? Just practicing it, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You know, and so it's really interesting that um, you mean that you know that self censorship, which you know what I mean for any public figure is you know what I mean is part of is part of daily life. You know what I mean is so strong, whereas you know um, the you know the the. It's very rare to see people actually um, control their urges to pull out a gun and shoot somebody else. Mm. You know, hmm. I mean, that's the ultimate self censorship, don't you think? To like refrain from killing. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I By that logic, then the, the default is like mm, you're wrong. Pow. <laughs> no, that's, no, no, but that's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you know what I mean. It's all about self control. Right, and yet, you know, for those who are such so adamantly um, defending the Second Amendment, um, you know, there is a subtext of lack of control. I should have the right to have lack of control if I want, you mm. know. Oh, I hear um, what you're saying. And all. Whereas with the First Amendment, you know, yeah. you know, people are p- putting undue pressure on themselves. You know, I mean, not to share their opinions, mm. um, in large part. Be- why? I because. Be- 
they're afraid of a different kind of annihilation. I, you know, I, I think that that we that you, you know when you start talking about like as far as like uh, like uh, people that are supporters of the Second Amendment or against Second Amendment, like as far as like that we're we're not. Uh, once again, kind of like being like a divisive when, when it's unnecessary to be. You know, like that's for instance, true. Yeah, like that's it, true. I mean, yeah. I'll, 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 okay, I'll change okay. what I'm saying to the NRA. You yeah, know, sure. to the NRA, and uh, and so the thing is, it's just um, you know, it's a shame to see a lobby, a, a lobby. You know, I mean, change the contours of the American public conversation about such an important issue. Sure. You yeah. know, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree with one one part about that, which is, uh, and again, I'm still with you guys. By the way, <laughs> I just I like I like to poke holes in it because sure, it's sure. important. Like, that's it. Like, it's easy to agree with these arguments, but it's better to like poke holes in the arguments you agree with to say this is what's going to come around. But that's not even what I had to say about it's. Uh, I can't. I wish I remember who said this, but he said, "You know what the problem with today is? It's that all the stupid people are out in the streets, you know, screaming some argument, and all the smart people are like not sure about what they're." No, that was say Bukowski, yet. Charles Bukowski. Bukowski that's said, all yeah, the people that. are so confident. I love and, that and so much. The smart people you know? lack confidence. Yeah. Yes, you know? it's true. It's true. You know. But you know, I think that if, if we weren't so polarized, that you know, for instance, you know, one of the, the people that could really help out on this issue, there's a lot of. I mean, most gun owners actually want common sense gun laws. Sure. But you know, the thing is, is that they're the people that are going to be the most like, the least likely to actually speak out about it because of going against what's their base, mm. you know? And so the thing is, is that for, I think that it'd be great if people would feel more encouraged to, as far as to say, hey, you know what, like, like I'm a gun owner, but yet at the same time, I still think that there should be common sense gun laws. Yeah, you but know? the I average mean, that, go- gun owner doesn't have a base. The average gun holder, you know, owner is just the average gun holder, you know what I mean, who's yeah. not a public figure. True, true. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah. Rich, you want to play one more song before we have to get out of here? Well, what do you think? I, I mean, I, I'm here all the time, dude. You can play a song. <laughs> what do you think? Should we make him play? Will do you, you, well, Rich? I was going to say, okay. are, we, are we running out of time? Rich, yes. do you have a you controversial do a song? song sure. Sure. What what key what? do you plan to do this in? B? D. D? Okay, grab a guitar, Andrew. What is actually going on here, Gwen? Do you know? Unclear. I think that they're going to play a New everyone's, Orleans classic. Everyone's doing a song. Okay. So we're not doing a song off of Golden Peck. Okay, here's a question I thought of when I was listening to Golden Peck uh, before I came to this show today. Who invented the guitar pick? I got no idea. Any idea? You're no the clue. My Uncle Patrick. <laughs> the big Saints the fan. The Saints fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, no, actually, he's from uh, Chatham, Louisiana, which is outside of Monroe. How do you, mm. What's it called? Chatham? Chatham. Chatham, Louisiana. I don't think I've ever even heard it's of that. The that's right, you know, that's probably the first time that's been said on the radio. Oh, no. <laughs> Uncle Patrick, inventor of the guitar pick, is from Chatham, Chatham Louisiana. Chatham, Louisiana. You won't do it now. Set your wheel. Feel good music. Down to your soul. Good for your body. Good for your soul.
Arts Happy Hour for another week. Thanks so much to Gwen Tompkins. Hi. John Ritchie. Hey, thank you. Rich Collins. Thank you. Chris Lee. Thank you. And from Andrew Duhon as well. Yeah, as well. I'm Grant Morris. Thanks for joining us. The producer of our show is Graham DePonte. Our associate producer and technical director is Chris Kehoe. Christian Unruh is our music director and our theme music, which was played at the beginning of the show, was written by Mitch Foreman. If you'd like to be on our show and you can stay sober for about an hour, drop us a line. Our address is on our website, it's neworleans.com. You can find a lot of other happy hours to listen to, as well as some other shows we make here. Out to lunch with Peter Raschuti, live from Commander's Palace, true to the game with the fabulous Chris True. Midnight Menu Plus One with Margot Moss and the man who ate New Orleans, Ray Canada, Louisiana Eats with Poppy Tucker and Milo's Music Parlor with Kim Vu. You can also find other great Louisiana podcasts at itsacadiana.com and itsbatonrouge.la. You can keep up with us on Facebook, on Twitter and a bunch of other times sucking social media as well and all of it we're called It's New Orleans. You can find photos from this show. Check out what we look like. You can find those on itsneworleans.com and on our Facebook page. Those photos are taken today by Catherine King who I don't even see is she here somewhere? Haven't seen her. She must have left already. She got if all the good ones. If you listen to the show on iTunes or Stitcher or some other podcast app that you prefer, thank you for subscribing to us. Take a moment to do something for us. Would you stop and rate and review us? That helps other people find us. You can find us on, a, well, pretty much anywhere, actually, on the Internet. Our show is recorded live today at Wayfair on Ferret Street, where they put fine dining into a sandwich, fine booze into a glass, have a three-hour happy hour every weekday, and brunch on the weekends. Happy Hour is a production of I Know Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. From Andrew Duhon, Graham DuPonte, everyone around here at the table at Wayfair and back at our office at I Know. I'm Grant Morris. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you back here next week on Happy Hour.